Good morning and welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. In today's episode, I am going to be talking all about appetite and I'm going to be breaking down a little bit about the difference between hunger and cravings. I'm going to go over some of the more you know, science-y stuff behind it, but also give you guys some strategies to help you guys understand how you can actually master your appetite and be able to actually get the results you want or maintain those results because nobody wants to lose weight only to regain weight. And that is a common problem. And a lot of it comes down to appetite regulation. So today's episode, if you get any value out of it, please shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. Uh, I would love to know that you are learning from me, that you are getting value out of what I'm presenting to you guys. And hopefully you guys are using it in your own journey. So let's get the ball rolling. It is Tuesday morning. And I'm going to start by talking about the differences between appetite, hunger, and craving. So first and foremost, what is our appetite? Our appetite is our desire to eat. It encompasses both hunger and craving. So you can have an appetite to eat something and not really be hungry. You can have an appetite because you're hungry and you'll eat whatever you want or whatever you you, you can get your hands on at that moment. So it's important to understand that your appetite kind of encompasses a little bit of everything. Your hunger is your actual physical need to eat. Like you need nutrients. And I will often ask somebody this is like when they're telling me that they're getting, they don't know if they're getting hungry or if they're having a craving. I'm like, well, if you had chicken breast in front of you right now, would you eat it? And if they're like, probably not, I'm like, you probably aren't that hungry. You probably are having a craving. And maybe that's not the only thing, but it's essentially assessing like, do I actually need to eat or do I just want to eat, which is where you, where it comes into cravings. Our craving is like a desire to eat something in particular. Um, so here's a good way to look at it is you can want to eat, but not actually need to eat. Think of it like this. If you want a dessert after dinner, you might not really be hungry, but you might actually want to eat that dessert. That's kind of a, I would like to call it a craving, but it's a, it's a want to eat, not a need to eat. Whereas you can need to eat, but actually not want to eat. So people that are living a very high stress job or they're working throughout their day and they're really stressed, they will often skip lunch. They're like, I'm just too stressed to eat right now. They can't even think about eating. They don't want to put food in their eat. They don't want to eat. So it's really important to understand that there's a difference between the two. However, hunger and cravings also kind of happen together as well. And this is going to be a very important part of you guys understanding how to regulate your appetite as we get moving into this, because we want to make sure that we're feeding hunger. We're also feeding some cravings, but we're learning how to master those cravings. Now, where does our appetite and our, our, our signaling to eat or our desire to eat actually come from? It actually comes from our hormones. So a lot of people like to blame hormones for weight gain. It's not the hormones that are the problem. The problem really is our hormones create the desire for an increase in appetite or a decrease in activity, which often causes changes in now our energy balance. So we want to make sure we're realizing that the hormones aren't the problem. The hormones are doing their job. They're signaling you to do things. And those signals come from a number of places. They come from the amount of body fat you have. When we get to low level body fats, we are going to have an increased desire to eat. Uh, when you lose weight, you will see an increase in our desire to eat. Also having too much excess body fat also negatively impacts those hormones. We start to get resistance to actually getting those hormones uh, signals. And then we actually start to not even recognize them anymore. We don't get the, the signals that we're full or that we're hungry. We're just eating because we're like, we're not even thinking about it. Um, our gut, our, our pancreas all control our appetite. And they're also often signaled or processed through different signals from our cognitive state, our emotional state and things like that. So people that call themselves stress eaters or, you know, the, those different, you know, they're just, you know, there's other reasons why, or even a 
social situations can create things. Your mindset where you're like how your cognitive state is when you're actually around food also plays a factor. Um, comfort food is a big example of this. So uh, think of it this way. Comfort food in America is very different from uh, comfort food in like Mongolia or like uh, Asia, right? Like it's going to look very different based on that. That's all about your cognitive state. Um, you know, if you're Christmas time, you know, you're probably used to consuming larger amounts of desserts and, and treats because it's kind of like the culture. So all of that stuff is going to be very important for you guys to understand, your, understand where your appetite comes from. As I mentioned, changes in your body composition are going to signal hormone changes as well. And this is really important for those of you guys out there that are trying to lose body fat, you're trying to lose weight, um, or you're trying to actually figure out why you're having such a hard time maintaining weight loss. Like you can, you tend to lose weight and then regain it, or you can lose some weight, but you can't ever, actually ever finish the job. And then right about when you're about 10 to 15 pounds in, you start to put the weight back on. It's this constant yo-yoing because counter-regulation is so important and powerful. Uh, trying to learn how to fight the urge to eat when you have an appetite is really difficult. And it's important that you put things in measure uh, when you are when you are creating your plan that allow you to actually find something that's sustainable for you, that you can actually find that balance of, I can be okay with being slightly hungry, but I'm not so much, you know, feeling so restricted that I'm starving all the time. I'm not cutting out all of the foods. I'm allowing myself to regulate those things. Also, it's important to recognize how stress and other factors are going to also you know, cause our, our bodies to have a harder time or our, our mindset to, it's, it's just going to affect your willpower. Like, so if you're more stressed, um, and you're sleep deprived, it's going to be harder for you to practice that counter-regulation to those, those hunger and those cravings. So as you guys lose weight, important for you guys to recognize, because a lot of you guys out there are on fat, on fat loss journeys. Um, it's important to realize that not only are changes in your body composition going to cause changes in appetite, but also the responses from your body and reminding yourself that the, of this is that your body fat is your body's stored energy source. And when your body recognizes changes in that, it's going to cause you to want to conserve energy and it's going to want you or cause you to want to eat more. It's going to cause more of those things because it's trying to prevent you from losing body fat. Even if you have too much of it, your body is still like, hey, I'm really comfortable holding on to this right now. I don't want to lose it. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of like the body weight set point. You have to kind of realize that as you're losing weight, we're trying to develop a new body weight set point. And that's where we have to almost fight intuition a little bit and important. And that's why it's important for you guys to find a sustainable method for getting this to happen for you. All right. So appetite regulation is truly the key to understanding how to master losing weight, preventing weight regain, preventing malnourishment, disease prevention, all of these types of things, because it was designed in order, so think of it this way. Let me take a step back. If you think about how life has changed since our ancestors, right? When we were first created, however you look at how we were created, whether you're a believer in God or evolution or whatever it is, or combination of the two, um, we didn't have food on every corner. It wasn't readily available to us. And so our appetite was in place to, to keep us from starving. And it was meant to, and there were specific foods that we were triggered to look for because we knew that they were going to be nourishing. And so understand that that is different now is important, but also understand that those mechanisms are still there and are doing the exact same thing. So if we are learning how to regulate our appetite, we are also learning how to regulate gaining weight, preventing 
malnourishment on the opposite end of things. So, you know, if you are, so for instance, people that are anorexic, they don't have the desire to eat and they can become malnourished, right? On the verse, on the vice versa, people that are obese are eating too much. And so they have this, you know, appetite is completely off in two phase, two places, but we want to make sure we're understanding how to master that. So this is also why extreme dieting fails guys. And I'm going to go more into this, but like, you have to understand that like the more extreme the diet, the more likely it is to cause havoc on your hormone system that is going to regulate appetite. Your body does not like big changes in homeostasis and finding something sustainable is important. So as much as people are like, I want fast results, well, fast is likely not going to get you results. <laughs> so you have to recognize that you have to pay attention to these signals from your body. And this is also what makes some people successful while other people's constantly fail to actually ever achieve those results they have for themselves. All right. Before I go into some of the strategies, I want to start to talk a little bit more about the science behind it all, but I'm not going to get too deep in the woods on all the specific hormones and all that kind of stuff. If you guys want to learn more about that, I will put together a PDF and you can like shoot me a message like, Hey, I would love to see the PDF of all the hormones. And I will, I will gladly send that to you, but I just find that's going to probably get boring for the most of you. Cause I know that after about the third one, you guys will be like, all right, Cheryl, just tell me what to do to fix my appetite because I'm freaking starving and I want to lose 20 pounds. But here's what you need to know. That your hypothalamus is essentially what produces your hormones and it links the endocrine system to the nervous system. That's kind of the main controller of everything. And when it comes to your appetite, there are two main systems that control your appetite. One is your nervous system and the other is your endocrine system. And they are often referred to as a combined system as your neuroendocrine system. The largest endocrine organ is your gut. Now I'm going to kind of stop for a second and remind you guys that gut health is one of the newest, um, most, most recent research, research studies that are being produced or produced. So like the research we have on our gut health is the newest, it's the least research of all of our, of our systems. And so we're still learning a lot about our gut health, but what we do know is it is the primary signaler of our appetite. And there are over 10 hormones that are produced and regulated in our gut. <clears throat> our gut also has an internal mini nervous system called the enteric nervous system that releases a ton of neurotransmitters that are going to also help regulate appetite. So what you need to know is your gut is responsible for a lot of your appetite, right? Well, obviously that's where everything goes, but it also produces a lot of your hormones and a lot of the neurotransmitters that affect all of the other systems, your thyroid, your your sex hormones, all of those things are all kind of regulated in the, those hormones are all regulated in the gut. Okay. We don't really have control over these hormones or these neurotransmitters. We can't tell our body, mm, let's produce a little bit more leptin. Let's, we don't do that. It's, it's coming from other things, external things and things that are within our control. And so we want to make sure that we're also taking uh, time to look at those things. And a couple of them that I'm going to go over is Number one is a not natural control metric that a lot of people are using uh, nowadays. And in fact, um, I'm going to be recording a podcast on some of the newer uh, weight loss drugs that are being produced, but medications are being used to help regulate appetite. They cause different signaling across diff different hormones and different neurotransmitters. Exercise is a huge way to regulate appetite. Too much exercise can actually cause increase in appetite. The right amount of exercise can actually help suppress appetite. And understanding how dietary changes and dietary choices are going to play a factor in your appetite. 
not just the amounts of foods, but the types of foods you're eating. And, and that's going to, I'm going to kind of go into that more in a, in a few minutes here. Stress and um, sleep deprivation are huge disruptors of appetite, causing increase in appetite. Highly processed foods often are going to trigger a lot of swings in our appetite. Distracted eating also is going to affect our appetite. So those of you guys out there that like are munching on things while you're working at the computer, um, eating while you're watching TV, all of those types of things can also have uh, changes in our appetite. Another factor that often will affect our appetite, this is primarily for those of you guys out there females, is that low estrogen levels can also change appetite. So during our luteal phase, our PMS phase, we are typically going to see an increase in appetite, where in our follicular phase, we're going to see a decrease in appetite. So uh, kind of like a little bit of recap so far that I want you guys to kind of know is that essentially you are not totally in control of your appetite, but we can control it. It's important to understand that our appetite is controlled mostly by our gut um, our neuroendocrine system that, uh, where we produce a lot of hormones and a lot of neurotransmitters are going to, um, affect our body's signals to actually eat. Also important to understand is that our appetite is encompassing hunger and cravings and that, um, our hunger is our actual need to eat. Our craving is our desire to eat something in specific. Okay. So how do we master it? Well, let's talk about a couple of things we know that actually help control appetite. We do know that a high protein and a high fiber diet are going to help suppress appetite. We do know that a combination of dietary fat and protein also help to control appetite. We also know that balancing our fat intakes can actually help increase or control our appetite. This means getting in enough omega-3s, a little bit of a plug for you guys out there to start taking some fish oil. What we also know is that we see an increase in appetite from eating a highly processed uh, diet, primarily from a lot of refined carbohydrates and a lot of high fat um, foods combined. So if these are your cookies, cakes, um, chips and salsa and chips and queso and things like that. Also low nutrient intake is also an increase is going to increase appetite along with, like I mentioned already, stress, sleep deprivation, um, and all of that kinds of stuff as well. So how do we master it? All right. Going into my notes now, again, here we go. So number one is we have to understand physical, well, more than physical, we have to understand cues, okay? The signals our body is giving us from a number of different factors that are going to regulate appetite, okay? So what are we getting from our environment, okay? Certain cues are going to are trigger us to eat or not eat. So the size of a dish, how close a food is to us, an open versus a closed container. Why is this important? If you're somebody that can't stop eating uh, you know, M&Ms because, but you're also like, okay, there is a candy jar right in front of me and there's M&Ms in it. Just learning to move that might be a way to help you guys control your appetite, learning how to be more mindful of those things. How close is it to us? Uh, I've had clients who like, I cannot stop drinking wine every night and wine is readily accessible to them in their kitchen. And I've been like, you know what, for this month only, I want you to do this. I want you to take your wine and I want you to put it in your closet up in the top shelf. This way, every time you want a bottle of wine, you have to go into your closet and go grab it. Being more mindful of those decisions can sometimes help with things. Is the container open or closed? Your oral environment plays a factor, okay? We all have hunger and cravings for different things. Are you craving something sweet or salty or a combination of the two? Do you want something that's creamy or soft or crunchy? Do you want something that is warm or do you want something that's cold? That also plays a factor in things. We're getting cues for things. And I'm going to go into why this is important in a second. Senses. 
we also have appetite for different tastes and different smells. So, um, or um, not just taste, I'm sorry, um, visual. So what, how something looks, if something looks appealing or smells appealing, we're going to want to have that thing. Our social environment, what are the people around us doing? What are we exposed to? How does that make us feel? Are we at a party? Um, emotional and physiolog physiological stress. Are, most, I'm sorry, emotional and physiological cues. Stress, anxiety. Um, are we feeling a desire to feel comforted? Uh, maybe symbolic associations, such as like a cake at a party or things like that. How about habits and routines? Cake at a party is one of those things. Um, are you someone that always has a cup of coffee in the morning? Are you someone that's always rushed in the morning? You're like, hey, we're just going to stop at Burger, Burger King in the, on the way to work. Um, do you always have beer with the guys on Friday night? Do you like to snack and watch movies? Like, what are those things? These are so important for you guys to understand is, as I mentioned earlier, is that those cues were designed to help prevent us from starving or also prevent us from eating things that we shouldn't be eating. So like when you open up a, a thing of milk and you see it's curdled and it smells bad, you're likely not going to want to eat that. Why? Because you know, it's going to taste bad, which is also going to also be, could be poison, right? So we want to make sure we're realizing those cues are put there in place, but we often tend to ignore these cues and ignore these things. And when people are dieting, this is a big thing. They're like, I have to stop eating sugar, but then they're craving and they're getting these cues, eat something sweet, and they're not replacing them with something that's going to give them that sweet taste. And so they're always running into this problem of like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to have the sugar. And they don't know how to fix those things. Other things that are going to affect your appetite. Um, and this is where I'm going to kind of go into some strategies here is, is that under eating is going to affect your appetite. As I mentioned, your body does not want to be underfed. Your body does not want you to lose weight. It wants to maintain those energy stores. And if you're trying to use extreme measures to lose weight, you are going to have an increase in appetite. If you are having a hard time managing your appetite, sometimes you need to look at what are you doing to create that calorie deficit? Are you going too much in the extreme? Cutting out food groups, eliminating certain food groups is a huge one. Guys, when I ate paleo and I cut out grains and dairy, I was getting a ton of cravings for, you know, just foods that was, were like high in carbs. Like, um, I would tend to crave things like, like, like bread, like cookie type things. And it wasn't the actual cookie I wanted. I want that like crunchy texture. I wanted that like carby food. Don't know how to describe that, but I was like, so what was I doing? I was eating nuts, <laughs> like cocoa dusted nuts. It wasn't really giving me what I really wanted. So I was trying to find ways to get that food. Um, other factors that affect under eating is like some people under eat when they need to feel in control, you know, and, and stress. Overeating is the exact opposite, but often has a lot of the same similarities. So people that are stressed um, or feeling out of control tend to overeat. You know, they're looking for comfort. Social pressures also cause people to overeat. Everybody else is like just binging on pizza and wings or like, well, I should probably binge on pizza and wings. They feel bad trying to be a little bit healthier in that situation. Sleep deprivation and shift work play a huge factor in things. Um, food availability. This is a big one, whether you're somebody that came from a very... Um, uh, kind of like a, uh, I want, I want to say like, just maybe you didn't, you had scarcity mindset, like didn't always have a lot of food availability. This can often trigger people to overeat when they're exposed to a lot of foods, um, or vice versa. Um, they're, they're trying to take advantage of whatever's around. So hyper palatable foods, those, those foods, like I mentioned, those, uh, combination foods I talk about the cakes and the cookies and things like that, the processed foods that people are, you know, I really think processed food just gets I could go on a whole episode about just processed foods, but, um, but what I'm looking for is like the hyper palatable foods, those combination foods that like, man, they're high in calories. They're high in a bunch of different flavors and tastes, and you want to eat more of those things. So 
this is kind of going into how we master it. So I want you guys to understand the cues and the things that people are doing that are negatively impacting those cues, under eating and overeating. Now I'm gonna go into some strategies. All right, and this is where I'm gonna go into my personal opinion on how we can master our appetite. This is the strategies that I feel like will give you guys the most bang for your buck, okay? Number one is you have to decide, all right, I wanna master my appetite because if I don't master my appetite, I'm never gonna be able to get the goals that I want for myself or I'm tired of beating myself up for overeating, or I'm tired of feeling restricted and that's causing me to overeat. So number one is we have to understand intuitive versus intentional eating. And for a period of time, we need to shift away from intuitive eating, okay? So if you are somebody who is struggling with like not understanding appetite cues, you have no idea where you're at. This is what I'm talking to. Intuitive eating is bullshit, okay? Because intuitively, we are eating whatever we are exposed to on a regular basis. Like I said, if you routinely go to the drive-thru every single morning and intuitively choose the same breakfast sandwich and hash browns, that's intuitive you to crave those things. If you feed a kid a donut every morning for breakfast, he's going to intuitively want a donut every morning for breakfast. So if we shift away from intuitive eating into intentional eating, which is like, all right, I'm going to make a plan to start to make sure that I'm getting in enough nutrient-dense foods. I'm balancing my calories and my macronutrients. I'm getting in enough calories, even when I'm not, or I'm getting in enough of those things when I'm not normally used to that, that's going to be a little bit more intentional. Now, where there is some intuition here is that I want you guys to pay attention to, I'm craving something sweet. Okay. What can I get intentionally that is also intuitive to my needs? Does that make sense? So like, it's not abandoning the intuition altogether to just eat the donut. It's saying, all right, I really like something sweet in the morning, but the donut's probably not getting me what I need to be getting intentionally. So we have to find that blend of the two. And it starts with knowing what do you need right now? Your signals are fucked. Okay. Right now you have no idea what your body needs. Your body is just going off of cravings and you're like, I just got to figure it out. You're also being exposed to all these social pressures of like, should be restricting X, Y, Z. You have to kind of just start over from scratch. Let's start with the foundation. And that starts with understanding what does your body need from an energy perspective, calorie intake, macronutrient intake, micronutrient intake, master those three things. And I'm going to go into what I'm going to be doing tomorrow night, which I'm going to hopefully help you guys out on. Okay. We're going to fix that. We're going to learn to build a structured meal plan that works for your lifestyle. That's going to get everything in, in check. Okay. How often do you, we're going to start to learn your hunger cues. How often do you get hungry? What does your day look like? How can we make sure we're figuring out where you need to be plugging in meals that are going to be manageable for you? We need to normalize your eating patterns intentionally right now, normalize your portion size, portion sizes intentionally for now, and then we'll be able to get that to happen so much more intuitively. So I really shouldn't say intuition is completely, complete bullshit. It's that it's not what people think it is. We need to be intentionally intuitive in order to be successful with being intuitive long-term. So along this process, as I mentioned, you're going to be learning to understand your hunger cues, understanding what physical hunger is. Are you getting stomach, um, stomach feedback? Are you getting stomach growling? Or are you feeling kind of like empty there? How's your head head? Are you like getting headaches? Are you getting shaky? Are you getting irritable? Is your focus kind of shifting? Vice versa. Are you feeling stuffed and sluggish? Are you feeling like you're like, bloated? Are you feeling like you feel your food coming up? Learning those cues is so important. How about mental? Like, what are you actually feeling mentally when you're getting ready to eat something? Are you like 
I want this, or like, I actually need to eat this. Are you aware of what you're eating? Or are you just going through random stuff? You know, so are you getting upset by changes in your eating pattern and, and making up for that or compensating? Or are you generally hungry? Emotional state, are you stressed or anxious? Are you happy or sad? And all of those things are things that you're going to be thinking about while you're going through this intuitive, intentional eating, right? Or trying to build those habits in place so we can start to learn how to, how to navigate them. And that does require some thought. It doesn't require time. It's just literally saying, okay, am I actually hungry or do I just want M&Ms right now? And that's really important for you guys to, to recognize. The most important piece about all this is for those of you that are out there, they're like, I really want to lose weight. I'm trying to lose weight. And I'm scared that taking this time is going to make it happen slower. Ask yourself this, how long have you been fighting to lose weight, right? And this probably is going to get you those results faster. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be focusing on fat loss in this part, in this part, in this part, but you want to realize that as you're working on fat loss, these things have to be understood. And this is also why extremes is not going to help you any, because as I mentioned before, the more extreme the diet, the more likely you are to have a hard time sticking to it because of your appetite regulation. And part of my check-in process is asking about hunger and cravings. Because if we are not addressing those things, we are not going to be able to be sustainable long-term. So what does normal hunger feel like? This is the last piece I want to go into today. Um, all right. So we should all realize that number one, hunger is completely normal. It is, we are allowed to be hungry. You're not going to die if you're hungry. In fact, if you go a little bit too long without hunger, yes, it's going to cause those hormones, it's going to cause your appetite to increase, but you can still be hungry but I want you guys to understand what you should feel like on a regular basis. Okay. When you guys eat something immediately after you eat, you should still feel slightly hungry. That is totally normal. If you eat something, you're like, mm, I could have a little bit more. That's okay. That is totally fine. In fact, when you are dieting, you are probably going to feel that more often. About one hour after you're eating, you should feel like you're not even thinking about food. You should feel like you're probably doing work stuff. You're, you know, whatever, you're not even really thinking about it um, unless you are intentionally trying to get yourself to eat again. But you're like, just going about your day. About two hours after is typically where if you're in a fat loss phase, you have to think about things a little bit more because this is when you're going to start to feel like you need to eat something. You're like, all right, I'm getting hungry now. I could probably eat again. And when you're in a fat loss phase and you are trying to control calorie intake, you might have to be looking at your day and be like spacing things out a little bit more and make a decision. I'm like, do I need to eat right now? Or can I, can I wait a little bit longer? And this is important for you guys to understand about three to four hours after eating, you should be eating again. You should feel ready to eat again. This is normal. This is also where I don't, I want to talk about extremes. I don't love intermittent fasting. I don't love it because it, it goes against the normal hunger and satiety cues that your body is giving you. So we should be seeing a desire to eat again in about three to four hours. It's okay to eat. It's okay to eat at the two hour mark too. It's okay to eat, but it's understanding that the more frequently you eat, the more freely you're going to get those cues. So if you're trying to lose fat, trying to space things out is going to be important. So about the three to four hour mark, we should be ready to eat again. Four hours plus, this is where we typically run into problems, where I don't love fasting, especially for females. Okay. Um, and I'll go into why in a second, but we need to eat at about four hours plus we're going to be hungry. And this is where you don't realize people are like, I barely eat anything because around that mark, that's usually when they're grabbing random BLTs, those bites, licks and tastes. They're not thinking about those things. They're getting something in their body to hold them over until they get time to make a meal. 
And that's where things tend to lead to overeating and consuming the wrong things. Even if the volume of the food on the plate isn't there, the choices that they make are going to be higher in calories to make up for their lack of calories. So you want to really realize that your hunger cues should kind of happen um, in progression from your meal. So right after slightly hungry, about an hour after you're focused and ready to rock about two hours after you should start to be getting some cues to eat, but you could wait three to four hours time to eat something four hours. Plus you're likely going to be running into I'm starving. Give me a bigger meal. Now, as I mentioned, going into the whole women versus men thing, I'll just a little tangent there guys, intermittent fasting, I guess it can work for some people and I have no problem with it. But the problem is that it does cause a lot of dysregulation with cortisol. Um, and for a lot of females, those that can trigger other problems as well. And a lot of the studies done on hormone regulation in terms of intermittent fasting and the benefits are done on men and rats, not on women. So just be careful when you guys are applying those things to you guys, because I am very protective of my females. Um, all right. That's what I got today, guys. A little bit of a longer episode today because I, it's a lot to cover. And I'm going to close up with a recap. So realize that appetite is hunger cravings and a combination of two. And that there are a lot of inter, I'm sorry, inter, of internal um, neurological and endocrine responses that are causing you guys to want to eat. And the most important thing is that in order for you guys to really master your appetite, you have to recognize that fixing your diet from a, I need to get enough nutrients is going to be important. And this comes down to getting enough protein, enough fiber, watching out for your intake of hyperpalatable foods and learning how to intentionally intuitively eat to help to realize how to feed your cues and not feed the craving with the wrong things. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you guys. If you guys got any value out of this episode, please shoot me a message. Like I said, uh, and I know that sometimes I have some uh, messages in the comments, man, I got 12 today. Oh shit. I got to go and look back here. Amanda, Amanda, Corey. I'm sorry, guys. I was not paying attention. Good morning, my followers. I always forget about that. Um, so I go live on YouTube and then I forget that I'm live on YouTube. Um, good morning, Corey. I hope this was helpful for you. I have an appetite for destruction. You're welcome for that Guns N' Roses reference. That is hilarious. I absolutely love it. Um, and I probably know that song, um, but don't actually know it as a song. I probably would recognize the actual, like if I heard it, I would recognize it, but I probably don't know it by the name. Um, Craig talks about sugar addiction. I've actually brought up sugar. You've actually brought up sugar addiction before. Um, and sugar does have some addictive properties, but not sugar alone. Typically it's sugar mixed with fat. It causes a lot of the same dopamine hit as a lot of other addictive, uh, addictive behaviors does cause. However, uh, what's different about sugar in particular is that, so this is a little cool little tangent, uh, Craig, for you is, so of the studies that I read about in terms of addiction, in terms of foods, um, when it comes to sugar, sugar is the only thing that also causes withdrawal um, along with, so that's the only one that actually gives a little bit more of the same um, effects as an actual drug because sugar affects our blood sugar, our, our, our insulin levels, which causes a change in our, you know, like, so when our blood sugar drops, it's going to cause us to want to crave sugar. So when you are a sugar addict and you are, you are, are getting a whole bunch of it, your body builds up a tolerance to it. So it can actually create some withdrawal symptoms. So it's interesting to note. Um, all right. I, Amanda, I'm so glad this was helpful for you today. Amanda, if you have anything, um, it, I can totally help you out with some more things. Don't be afraid to ask me more questions. Um, when people say they want fast results, I remind them that they didn't put the weight on in a day. It's not going to come off in a day. 
100% agree with this. And I, and I actually think I said this in the episode today is guys, if you've been trying to lose weight for 10 years and you're failing, it's not going to come off in two months. Okay. Those habits, those mechanisms are built in place. So even when it comes to fixness, you got to be on the, the patient track. Um, good morning, Bruce. I hope you guys all have an amazing day. Guys, that's it. That's what I got for you guys today. So I hope you guys all got some value out of this episode. I know it was a lot to talk about, but I was super excited to kind of get on here and talk a little about, about hunger. Um, and I talk about it a lot. You know, I, I actually made an Instagram reel about it yesterday. So uh, hopefully this episode was valued to do, uh, valuable to you. The last thing I'm going to plug is tomorrow night in my Facebook group. I am going to be doing a live training. Uh, I'm going to be going over basically fixing your diet, talking about all the metrics and the things that you guys should be tracking to ensure that you are getting in enough of the right things and not too much of the wrong things and helping guys really fix the bullshit out there that kind of goes through your guys' heads about, should I be eating X, Y, Z? What do I need to be eliminating? And it's going to be a template, call it, but um, it's going to hopefully be something you guys can all use going forward. So that's it, guys. Have a great morning. Have a great day.